support black podcasts. Don't call it a podcast. This is just shit you gotta hear. Serious rap shit, that is. Covering all things in and around hip-hop culture. It's the Serious Rap Shit Podcast. With your hosts, John Morrison and Josh Leedy. Get everything that's going down in the world of hip-hop, including the daily fuckery that's going on in the life of your host. And believe me, fuckery is what it is. Serious Rap Shit Podcast. Find it on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and any place and every place that you find good hip-hop. And remember, support Black Podcasts. Um, so, hey Charmel, hey Jordan, all right, hey. uh, thanks for agreeing to uh come on to the show by popular demand. I yeah. should say, both of you have been yeah. requested multiple times to yeah. return to the show. All right, nice. So, you're oh, back. Killmonger, I'd murder both of you and salt the earth. Uh, if you were Killmonger, I'd shoot you in the face with my blasters. <laughs> Uh, Shuri for life. Uh, I love Killmonger. I've already seen the movie four times. Four wow. times? Wow, yeah. very nice. I'm lagging behind. Mm. Shit. I had to see it more, two more I times. I took my though. mom to see it, and then I talked to my dad, and he was like, I don't see everything just because everybody. I was like, listen, I'm not asking you. I'm just <laughs> giving you a heads up. We're about to see it. So put your shoes on. As in, come outside, old man, and get in the car. I love the fact that your father's voice is old black man voice number three. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's that's how they sound. So on the fourth uh, go around, what was there anything that resonated with you even more so now that didn't three other times before? Uh, nothing. Well, every time I watch it, yeah, you're right. New things appear to me. Uh, Lupita is like low key the hero of the movie. Like everybody's yes. just kind of been following her. Yes. Um. I didn't sit with my dad on the fourth viewing so I could sit and just kind of not feel embarrassed about how pressed I was watching Killmonger because I just was watching it. There's a scene, you know, for the the three black people in America who haven't seen Black Panther yet, I won't spoil anything, but Michael Bay Jordan is fine. And um, there's a scene where he takes his shirt off and I just slid down in my chair and went, (laughs) 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 I really want to know what they were feeding them all on, like, set. Like, whole freaking cast on Team Thickums? All of y'all? Yeah. All of y'all? Yeah, yeah. What were they feeding y'all? Yeah. Y'all was just eating rice and peas the whole time, huh? Protein. Protein. I'm thinking there's a fair amount of protein. I just, I was just like... Everybody in the cast. Ash has been banished in Wakanda, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there there were women that were talking about... (laughs) Watching a movie and looking at Lapita, and it's like, like she's really making me doubt myself. Cause Yo, like, real. I watched that and I said, I was not following Lapita on like any social media. Like when oh, I really? saw her and stuff, and I was like, okay, like she, like I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I don't, I don't know. Like, and then I saw her in this, and I was like, I found the error of my ways. And then I was like, I might have also moved on the Kenzie scale. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. See, I think the interesting thing I'd risk about it all Lupita for Lupita is that Absolutely. she sort of started under 
a white gaze. Yeah. Like with that 12 years of slave. Yeah. And they didn't really know what to do with her. And then she came into our loving arms. Yeah. And we know it absolutely what to do yeah. with all that. She looks like she smells like cocoa butter. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she's gorgeous. And one thing I noticed in between viewing three and four is that I can't recall another major film with with you know that's centered on on blackness where the black male lead is linked up with a black woman who is darker in skin tone than than him. him. Yeah, How about that, that? that rarely if ever happens. Can you guys hear me? That rarely if ever happens. And my mother is uh, a couple of shades darker than me, and we were talking about it, and she started to tear up because. You're on. That's a big thing. That's, that's a, that's, a huge that's, thing. That's a huge thing. Yeah. And that was just something that I that I didn't, like, talking about resonating with. That was something that I didn't catch the first and the second mm-hmm. viewing. But that's a, that's a huge... I believe Lapita may be the darkest woman in the film. She's friggin' gorgeous. Yeah. And, and yeah. like you said, she is the Not ideal. accounting for the yeah. other women that are in the uh, Dora Milaje. Yeah, well, I mean they're the all, characters. Yeah. I mean yeah. as... as oh, yeah. One of the main, sure. main cast. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I know. Well, actually, you were talking about Lapita is like low key the hero of the film, and she is, yeah, because she is like the the uh, she's basically the one who puts the wind beneath Black Panther's wings, mm-hmm. and the one but the one who reaches out, saves him, saves the family, and everything like that. But really, it's the women in this whole film that just hold it All right. down. I'm gonna pull this in now because this will turn to a three hour conversation. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, and for the last 100 episodes, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, G-Town Radio, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Tonight, tonight, won't be just any night. Tonight will be our 100th one together. Mm. Tonight, tonight, oh Vince, it's not just any night. Tonight's our 100th episode Getting a little weird. of my show. Absolutely. How about that? I had more lyrics, but I'll stop. I know you did. You said, you was, said it was getting weird. I was uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, in commemoration of our 100th episode, not yes. only are we bringing you a review of a film that is worthy to be reviewed on the 100th Absolutely. episode, that would be The Wiz yes. from 1978, starring Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, Nipsey Russell, Ted Ross, Mabel King, Mabel King. and directed by noted musical director Sidney Lumet. Sidney Lumet, directing The Wiz. Mm, yes, but not only are we doing that, ladies and gentlemen, but by special request. Special request. We have brought in not one. Not one, but... Two, Two of your favorite past guests of the Michelle Mission. It's true. Put I've your hands together. Yes, true. Absolutely. Put your hands together, ladies and gentlemen, for Jordan Calling All and right. Charmel Scipio. All right. Woo! Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> 
We had to sit through the singing, so we're also feeling awkward. See, everyone was, was uncomfortable. Extra mad awkward. Why is that awkward? It, it just was, got weird. I just didn't know how or when it was going to stop. Right, and, and then it, it got was, sexy at the end. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know, and I was like, should I excuse myself? Like, this is weird. So. It was just joyful. That's what it was. Thank yeah, you for... Agreeing to come on for our 100th yes, episode, absolutely. our review of The Wiz. Yeah. I'm I'm shocked to be here, honestly. So really? thank y'all for having me. Why really. are you shocked? I, I, thank y'all for listening and liking me. That's, mm-hmm. I, I feel shocked. So, you know, I'm humbled. Jordan? Yeah, I'll second that emotion. Um... Yeah, thank you, listeners. Love each and every single one of you. If you could let me hold five dollars, uh, I'd appreciate it. Got to monetize it. Oh wait, um, yeah, you got, I got my cash it. app. Yeah, y'all can cash at me. Yeah, Maybe. cash at me. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Hit my PayPal. Uh, I'm mad Venmo. I'm mad at you. What you gotta do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, these bills are real. So the Wiz <laughs> is like one of my favorite black films. No, scratch that. One of my favorite films. So I'm super, super pumped. Super, super pumped? Su- super, really? super pumped. All <laughs> so right. Like the whitest way. <laughs> super pumped <laughs> All right. um, to be on this episode. All right. Thank Fucking you guys. A. Oh, that's right. cool. Yeah. Well, we are definitely uh, lucky to have both of you here tonight as we review The Wiz. But and, um, in tradition. In tradition. Traditional fashion here on the Show Mission. We kick off every show with a review of some feedback and some news that we and have to news. pass along on to everybody um should we start with the feedback or the news what we do you want to start do? with the feedback we should also, i don't know what the feedback is going to say but we should also acknowledge and thank people from this weekend yes that turned up for uh vibranium nights yeah, yeah and wakande earlier well yes for wakande yeah, for the uh our screening of black panther uh, that we did in conjunction with Black Sci-Fi, Malcolm Comics, the Black Tribbles, J1 Con, and a whole host of uh, other um, organizations. Uh, Jordan, you were there, I believe. I was there. Yeah. What an experience! It was. See, oh, it was. It's contagious. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had. Let me just talk about the. If I can talk about the screening for like two seconds. Go ahead. Absolutely. My favorite movie-going experience um, to be amongst so it was like being with family and it was it was it was it was everything uh, the movie was everything obviously and uh, the panel discussion uh, moderated by Vince the lovely Vince was amazing Dan I was uh, dope it was a good panel. Yeah. It was a good it was panel. A good panel. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, definitely a good panel. Mark Lamont Hill, Dr. Dr. Mark Lamont Mark Hill. Lamont Hill. Absolutely. Uh, Christina Jackson, Eric Battle, and Maurice Waters. And of course. And of course, Ariel Johnson. Ariel mm-hmm. Johnson. Yeah, it was a good panel. It was cool. It was a it was a lot of fun. It was really cool checking out Black Panther with, with everybody there. And, and, and uh, Bashow Mission fans. Coming down for the panel all the way from New York. Yes. We had the $18 billion triples themselves, Steve and Alara Tozen. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was. It, it was a, <laughs> we actually had a ball. We actually had a, a very yeah. good time. Yeah. Thank you, Alara. Yeah. That was a very good time. And then uh, the, the Ings, uh, uh, Richard and his lovely wife, whose name I, I'm sorry is escaping me right now. Uh, Richard Ing um, came down as yes. well. Yes. And uh, for Wakande and for Vibranium Nights. Oh, yeah. 
It's a good time. It was a whole lot of fun. Actually, Richard was actually came in town on that Thursday. Wow! So he actually sat in on the Black Tribble show that night. Oh, okay. Nice. Hung out with J One Con on Friday night, and then hung up with everybody at Wakanda and Vibranium Nights. It's a good time. It was a, a very good, good time. time. Did you um, now, now, Vince? Your stomach was a little queasy. Yes, yes, yes. I so you could not partake of Summer Willow Fitch's Williams. Stronghold. Yes. <laughs> so you couldn't partake of Summer Willow Fitch's um, very special vibranium concoction. I could not. My, my my nephew drank all of mine now. So he may have drank all of the vibranium because <laughs> he was two fisting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I think night he can long. actually absorb sound. Yes. Now, so yeah, yeah, but, but it, it looked delicious. It was delicious. Did you have some vibranium, Jordan? I did have some vibranium, and uh, yeah, it was off the. Chain hammer. What are the kids saying nowadays? None of those Please? things no. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not, none of that. Didn't no. sound right coming out. Um, <laughs> none of those things. So. It's fine. I don't think the kids listen to this show, so we're. F- <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I, I've looked at our demos. It's decidedly <laughs> older, um, but that's cool. I don't mind. Um, so yeah, so that was a great time. Yes, so thank yes. everyone that, that made it a rousing success. Yes. I mean, yes, the, the screen was sold out. Vibranium Nights at Amalgam was was packed. So it was really cool. Um, <clears throat> we did get some emails, Vince. Okay. Uh, you know, you know what happens here. We get up. We people just they just just start talking. Um, Aaron Fry. Hey, what's up, Aaron? Uh, ba 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 He said, "Oh, well, he. Th- I think this is kind of like in regard to Spock adjacent our okay Star Trek show." Um, he said, "I know the last Spock adjacent podcast is airing soon. I'm sad to see it go. Maybe you guys should look into a Black Lightning podcast to take its place. As far as I can tell, it's not in any of the." regular DC character shows it looks like a standalone universe with some familiar and harsh realities of today yeah that's what I say I don't think that's going to happen are you not digging Black Lightning I I watched the first two episodes Uh kind of like just didn't catch up right then came back in and um, was catching up with uh, Tawana because she hadn't watched any of it and, and it's taken a dip it's taking it's really it, because it, it, I think it, just the opposite. I think it's sort of finding its little groove. Well, it's finding a groove, and but it's finding a groove that's going around uh, corner ta- uh, corny town. And I'm just, I agree with that. I do think that it's getting a little bit corny, and I I don't know. Like I I want it to be a little bit more elevated. Mm-hmm. I I just it, it doesn't just a. Step up, like even even a half step up would be a great improvement. Really like I like it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like I'm, I keep watching it. I watch it faithfully every week. They get my numbers. But some of these puns, y'all, like this is not the beginning of CSI. Like we don't yeah. have to be this way. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. The the dialogue is just not. It seems stilted. It it just seems really stilted. Like they're. It, it feels like something where they are balancing between we don't know if this is going to go into season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. we now have to make true. all of these like corny jokes. And it's just like, I, I wish there was a little bit more air in it. Like, I wish that it was just a little bit more breathable. Huh. Plus, all. I honestly, I find I'm starting to find Cress Williams a bit stiff. Mm. I think that's kind of the point, though. 
Mm. Like, I think that's kind of the point. Mm. That Black Lightning is a little stiff. Mm. And then his daughters bounce off of him. Mm. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, they're all right. They're the best parts of the show. Mm-hmm. But, I actually uh, like Tobias Whale. No, he's good too. Yeah, yeah he's like good him, too yeah. for what. He, but but it's just it. it so no, I don't. This doesn't look like the Black Lightning podcast is gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. No blazam for y'all. No blazam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, somebody reads my whiteboard. Yeah, I do. That's cool. Thank you. Uh, we also heard from. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. I know we got another email here. Just let me go. Go 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 go. Oh. We have connected with Stephanie Humphreys, Tech Life Steph. Hey, And Stephanie. we've nailed down that we are going to be doing a show with her in March. And she has selected her movie events. Okay. And, and what is it? Her movie is going to be Love and Basketball. Oh. You guys haven't done that yet? We have not done Love and Basketball. We were supposed to do Love and Basketball. And then we had a last minute... Um, Substitution. Yeah, that was Simone. I was about to say Simone Missick. The had, lovely Simone Missick had chosen that, and then she then changed her mind. And we did coming to America with her. And then we did coming to America. So no, we have not done. Love I'm sorry, I'm upset that you guys got to talk to Simone Missick. Like I just stopped listening right there. We like, talked like, to Simone Missick a lot. She's our friend. She's amazing. She is. Also, anyone out there who want to create a movie with her and Nicole Bihari as sisters who kick butt just about doing anything. Right, right. Let's make that happen. Just saying. Shut up and take my money. Right? Like, DeWanda Wise is their cousin. I'm just like throwing it all out there. I don't know if the television can all that on one screen. It that's, could. That's it's, a, we should, we should a, try. That's a powerful television. We have tweeted to Tawanda Weiss and said, why are you so beautiful? And she tweeted back to me, smiley face, and then I blocked her because I was <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. Not on my timeline. Mm. Like that. Claiming my time. That's right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you are complicated. I like your petty. I'm very petty. I love it. <laughs> complicated and scary woman. I'm gonna make her my Patronus. This is wonderful. Take this block. <laughs> um, there's a actually there is a ton of feedback here. Yes, but a lot of this feedback, especially in our Michelle Mission uh, Facebook group, where people are having a whole lot of fun as right, usual. Right. Um, but a ton of this feedback is in regards to the Black Panther. Right. So, so we rather than share that today, we are going to share most of that. Next week, when uh-uh. Vince has ordered yes. that we will be reviewing the Black Panther. Yes. So. I think you mean the Black Panther. Because you know what, yes. Lynn? <laughs> you know what, Lynn? What? We're not going to do a 20-minute hot take after we saw it. That's you true. You and I have thought about it. Well, that's true. How many times have you seen it now? I've seen it twice now. I plan on seeing it at least one more time before next week. Okay. I've seen it twice. So, you know. All right, so no, yeah, we need to be a little bit more thoughtful. Not going to do a hot take. I mean, I hope you guys sit and sort of relish in Forrest Whitaker's accent. Hope you flinch through it as much as I did. See, what you're not going to do, the Blick Pinta, is come on here and disrespect Forrest Whitaker. Of the Blick Pinta. Wait a minute. That's not disrespect, (laughs) that's calling it what it is. Awful. Of everybody that was in that in that film, and they all had to speak with with 
some type of accent except Angela, except Angela Bassett because she said, yo, fuck that. I'm Angela Bassett. But mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, everybody else handled it very well. Yes. Forrest Whitaker, I don't know. He's a mystic. Mm. He's a mystic down there in the red dust. Mm. But Blick? Yes. Pinta? Blick. 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 You know what he meant. Blick. The Blick. Pinta? The Black Pinta. Black. I missed that. I'm going to have to watch it a fifth I'm... time. I'm going to have to go back. Oh, you missed that? I missed that. It's we so will now bad. drink <laughs> the heart-shaped herb. herb. Remove the power of the Black Pinta. I'm not participating <laughs> in this right here. So bad. I'm not going to let y'all talk about Ghost Dog like that. That is. That it is... was. It was. It was so bad that when he did it, Michael B. Jordan was looking at him like <laughs> he was. That's just his face. It's true. It like I, I'm pretty sure that he's perpetually confused. Like he looks confused a lot. I don't know. Michael B. Jordan. I like mean, just skeptical. I like dumb. I don't, I don't. Are you purposefully <laughs> saying Michael Bay Jordan as mm-hmm. in? Yeah. Oh yeah. Your, oh no, that is his name. Yeah. Also, Ida Bay Wells. These are just the rules. I thought I was the only one that did that. Yeah. These are just the rules. We don't make them up. We just follow them. Listen. Just follow the tradition. Okay. Like. <coughs> oh, Lord. Okay. All right. But we do have an announcement to make, ladies yes, and gentlemen. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We do have an announcement to make. Um, uh, for those of you who find the Michelle Mission on MichelleMission.com, as well as on the iTunes, SoundCloud, and every other place, um, and also find the show on the Black Tribbles Podcast Network, the Michelle Mission now has a new home. We are now proud members of the Podglomerate Podcast Network. All right. That is so dope. The Podglomerate, and I'm going to pull this up for you. For those who don't know pod, the Podglomerate, it's at thepodglomerate.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all they do on Podglomerate is create podcasts. And it is a, they basically have really high end, um, like you said, elevated mm-hmm. podcasts you know they create curate and distribute some of the best podcasts in the world including uh the feast uh consumed with scott porch uh immigration and people uh remade season one the sex rap which is actually not what you think it is but it's uh unfortunate okay <laughs> but, ah but it depends on what you think it is um it's it's very it's a actually a very very cool um podcast network that we are very proud to be new members of um the Michelle mission is now members of podglomerate all right and as well and uh jeff hit me up to let us to let me know that in commemoration of us moving on to the podglomerate network that he went in and noted that the Michelle mission on TuneIn, where we are also available is listed in the Black History Month collection of podcasts. Wow. That is fantastic. Ain't that dope? You guys doing it for the culture. That's dope, man. That's that's like like moving on doing up. Doing it type. for the people. 
So if you go to tunein.com slash Radio Black History Month, you will see the Michelle Mission listed there, ladies and gentlemen, as one of the shows that you can uh, check out right under the pop culture and comedy um, listings. We are actually number two. Wow. Right there, man. And believe it or not, I don't know if this has means anything, but we're above Two Dope Queens. Whoa. Now, now Two Dope Queens is a mind-boggling, explosively successful They must podcast. be doing it alphabetically. Like, they just moved, they just moved to their own... If that like, were true... They just moved yeah. to their own, like, TV show. Yeah. Well, that's huge. And, and no, we're, it's not alphabetically. Okay. It's not alphabetically. Well, I don't know what it is. But. Because we're above Two Dope Queens, and we're also above Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time. Wow, period. we are in good company. We are in good company. We are, we are sitting in high cotton. This is what I'm talking about. Would say this is what I'm talking about. This is why we moved to Pogwam. La di da. That is and that's ho amazing. Ho di do. La di da and ho di do. And sarate and with the nano. Yes. Yeah. I, I love Jordan. Like she is my patronus now. Like just. <laughs> Sweet. This is so good. This is so good. That's what the that's what the Michelle Mission does. It brings people together. We bring people together. Do All you? Right. Is that your tagline? Is also, that y'all's thing? We destroy our enemies. Oh, okay. We don't talk about that part as much. Sure, yeah. No, but that's also part of it's part of it. It's it's on the crest. And it'll be on display right now as we get into our review of the Wiz. Thank you. And good luck. The genius who created me only took care of my dashing good looks, my razor-sharp wit, and my irresistible attraction to the wrong women. What he forgot was a heart. A lion without any courage. Oh! Can you help us, sir? What's in it for me? We'd be very grateful. <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. There it is.
This is a 1978 American musical adventure film produced by Universal Pictures and Motown Productions. Released in October of 1978, an urban reimagining of L. Frank Baum's classic 1900 children's novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Featuring an entirely African-American cast, The Wiz was loosely adapted from the 1974 Broadway musical of same name that follows the adventures of Dorothy, a shy 24-year-old Harlem, New York City (laughs) school teacher who finds herself magically transported to to the urban fantasy land of Oz, which resembles an alternative fantasy version of New York City. Befriended by a scarecrow, tin man, and cowardly lion, she travels through the city to seek an audience with the mysterious Wiz, who they say is the only one powerful enough to send her home. This was produced by Rob Cohen, directed by Sidney Lamette, and stars Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, Nipsey Russell, Ted Ross, and Mabel King reprising their roles from the Broadway adaptation, Thelma Carpenter, Lena Horne, and Richard Pryor. This also features um... Uh, screenplay by Joel Schomacher and the music which was supervised by Quincy Jones as he adapted the songs of Charles Smalls from the film there are a few um, new new songs in the film that were written by the songwriting team of Valerie Simpson and the Vampire in Brooklyn, I mean excuse me uh, Nicholas Ashford (laughs) Disrespect. This was. <laughs> you told this one. You're just going to have to ignore it. Just, just let them. Just let them. You, you know how granddad talk about the war and then, like, you go down to the deli and he says some things that you, that you, 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 you just let him. You just give Gotta him. Gotta let him live. Just give him his liverwurst sandwich and his slippers and let him watch Mutual of Omaha and just sort of wait it out like he's going to fall asleep so then you can take the remote. Gotcha. So. Just, it's all right. Jordan, you said that The Wiz is one of your favorite movies of all time. I'm curious, do you remember the first time you saw The Wiz? I do. It was uh, in the 90s. I was a child-ish. Uh, and uh, <laughs> when I first saw The Wiz, I did not like it. Really? I hated it. Really? Uh, I had a weird phobia of the 1970s when I was a child. Um, <laughs> a phobia of the whole decade. The whole decade. Everything about it. It's because you Earth, weren't Earth, Wind, there. and Fire. They were awesome. <laughs> All of it. Uh, didn't like anything about the 70s. Love this. This is my favorite decade now. Yes. Um, but the first time I saw The Wiz, when that graffiti mm. was on the wall, mm-hmm. I said, what is this? Turn it off. I don't want to see it ever again. <laughs> Uh, and I watched it a couple more times uh, and hated it. 
And then something turned. I don't know. Something turned in my heart. My heart grew 10 sizes that day and <laughs> realized, oh, this is actually the best movie in the world. And Diana Ross is a good 30 years too old for this part, but it's okay. It's got Michael Jackson. It's got amazing music. Quincy Jones. It's, it's got everything. It's got Richard Pryor. Any movie with Richard Pryor is like a classic. Like mm. This movie is everything. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you fall with the with Charmel? Um, when did you first come across this uh, cult classic? Oh God, I probably was like six or seven, mm-hmm. and I remember my dad being really appalled that me and my sister had never seen it. Mm. Oh wow, that's and, good parenting. Well, in part because he was like, "How have y'all seen like the Drunken Master like fifteen times, but you have not seen <laughs> that's the Wiz?" Actually, even better parenting, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> the, your father is a good man. The amount of like classic old like kung fu movies that we've seen is like ridiculous, but like. I remember kind of just being like on the edge. Like I, I remember not liking the original Wizard of Oz. Like I was just mm-hmm. like, oh no, this is um, no one in this movie looks like me. So I immediately don't connect with it. So no. So I remember rejecting that and like falling asleep in school when they would put it on. And I'd be like, right. pass. But then watching this, I was just kind of like, ah, there's no hook for me to really be into. And then my dad was like, oh, that's Michael Jackson. I'm like, okay, all right, right, right there's right, something right, for me to be into right, for this. Come for the Michael Jackson, stay for the Ted Ross. Stay for Emerald City. <laughs> that's what I stayed for, honestly. Because like I was just like, dad, like I'm 10 seconds away from falling asleep. And he's like, you just have to see Emerald City. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw Emerald City and I was like, yeah, like it just spoke to my spirit. Like mm-hmm. it spoke to my spirit of being like, black people do the most. <laughs> <laughs> like we do the most. And the thing is, is like, we cannot be outdone. We just won't be. Like it is a rule. It's in our DNA. We will never be outdone. Like you might have thought that you topped us. But you didn't. Just wait. And Emerald City, it's still the best thing ever. Like, that whole sequence, like, is just still to me, like, the most beautiful, most gorgeous, like, I don't know, like, the the way that it's so ostentatious. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's so lush. And the colors, everyone looks so melanated and so, like, moisturized. It's, Mm. It's wonderful. Life. It's so good. Yeah, it's magic. I'd never be dead red. Mm. You've got to be seen green. Yes. Ooh, uh, uh. Like, yeah. come yeah. come through, yeah. sis. Like, Alvin Ailey, all of those, like, wonderfully, like, classically trained black dancers, that is the first time that I had ever seen that. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Like, yeah. like that, is, that is the first time that I had ever seen anything where, where there are these black people doing these, like, classic like ballet moves like their posture is just like regal it's the first time ever that i'd seen something like that and like i can say that that movie like put a stake down to say like "Uh uh-uh your people do this too and they put funk on it and it and it's just it's just amazing because i don't know exactly how old you are but you're a post-hip-hop kid 
I'm I'm 31. Yeah. Right. So you saw a lot of black dancing that's sort of post hip hop. Yeah. I mean, well, when I watched when I watched it, Where when you I could rewatched be a successful the movie, dancer without having that classical. Exactly. Track. And oh, and I mean, really when I watched that movie as a kid, I remember hearing those horns blare. Mm-hmm. You could not tell me that Dougie Fresh and <laughs> right. Slick Rick were not about to like come out, like because. I'm like, oh, they're about to sing the show. Like, let's right, go. Like, right, that's right, literally right, right. every time I hear those horns, I was just like, okay, well, it's where's really... the record scratch? Let's go. Let's do this. Well, all this has been wonderful and positive. <laughs> all right. Uh-oh. Lynn? You haven't spoken. Oh, this. no, 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 no. We're going to break it up with you. Go ahead. You, you <sighs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, go ahead. Lynn. Lynn. What? Everybody knows you don't like. Like everybody knows. I'm glad knows. I protected my edges today. Right. Like, everybody knows. Crying. Like everybody knows. This this ain't an M Night Shyamalan film. We know. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lynn. Go ahead, Lynn. Well, tell us what all is wrong with the Wiz. Well, look, look. It wouldn't it is be flawed. Like I will give you that. It's it wouldn't flawed. be a classic episode of the Show Mission if if I weren't here to you know piss on somebody's childhood. So that's what I'm about to do. Go ahead. There is a lot wrong with this film. And I think there's a reason why, you know, Charmel and Jordan and even Summer, who was here before, before we started recording, all said the first time they watched it, they didn't like the film. Because the film, I think, is slow, badly directed, badly uh, shot, and um, horribly miscast. And I think all of that uh, comes together to create one of the greatest missed opportunities Mm -hmm. of all time. Because the showmanship in the set design, the showmanship in the costuming, the, the, the music itself is there. It's there waiting. It is waiting for somebody to pick us up and give us the respect that we deserve. And unfortunately, they get Sidney Lumet, who didn't really want to do the film. Right. Who was called in after the first guy dropped out. That's right. And he dropped out because Diana Ross forced herself into the film to be Dorothy way too old for it, horribly miscast. Diana Ross gets in there. Michael Jackson, primo. Can't knock Michael Jackson. Ted Ross, Mabel King, they straight from Broadway. Right. Can't knock them at knock them at all. Nipsey Russell, I don't know. He must have tapes on people. All of a sudden he's in the film. He's an American legend. He is I in mean, his mind in America. I mean, on American know. game shows, maybe I that's mean, about it. He's from that. Gen- but go ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead. Not. I'm not gonna fight with he's you over not. Nipsey Russell. Please don't. Yeah, right. But we're um, fight over Diana Ross, though. I'm, I'm about to fight everybody over Diana Ross. Well, oh, we okay. can fight well, over ahead. Diana Ross. I'm go ahead. Going. Happy Black History Month, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's, it. I just think that that is what is on display in this film. The, the, the one thing that I came away with watching it this time because it was always stayed on my head what is what is wrong what is mm-hmm. wrong with this film what is the biggest the biggest thing that is wrong besides 
Diana Ross, yes. who I think is is one of the biggest things. Diana Ross and Sidney Lumet's directing, and 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 the cinematography. But I think the big, um, probably like maybe just a notch below, and I peeped it when they get to Emerald City. It's gorgeous. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. It's big. It's ostentatious, and it it, it it takes your breath away. Every other scene in that film, including the beginning when they when they get to Munchkinland and you got the the people coming out of the walls, mm-hmm. it's too big. It's way too large. The camera is literally in the nosebleed mm-hmm. seats, and I think the reason they're there is because they want to show they want to show off all right. of their set. But it's too it's too big and it loses all of the intimacy and without the intimacy, thus you lose the energy. And that's why this film it, at times slows down to a dirge and it becomes boring. Mm-hmm. And that and it's just such a missed opportunity. When you see that far away shot, you can see that the set is gorgeous. It's way too freaking big. And you've got you've got maybe two hundred people in there, but they're on a football field, so right. the, it, so it looks too spread out, and it looks empty, and thus it look it it doesn't look like it's filled with any type of life. Never mind the lighting on this thing. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. You right. know, it's uh, it it doesn't show off all of the 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 uh, bits and and. And stuff that they had going on in the costuming would look extremely intricate, but it doesn't show it off at all. I noticed today for the first time that Miss One is a bag lady. Exactly. Yeah. You, I you never notice you, you never notice it because yeah. you, you don't get up front and close with her right. at all. You know, there's no intimacy there. Um and and that is indicative of many of the scenes in this film. When they come across the, the lion, the mean old lion, that's Ted Ross big coming in part he that's, that's his big entrance and ted ross is is a powerful man and you yes. can hear it in his voice you can see him in that costume then why is the camera for most of his performance about 20 30 feet away so so really it's you keep it's lament no, he's he is a big yeah. problem of yeah. it yes yeah. yes okay. he's 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 just this just a check for him it, and uh in his defense he's not a musical director right He's not at all. He does drama. He does mysteries. He right. does, maybe every once in a while does a comedy. He doesn't do. He doesn't do that. And uh, that, along with the the miscasting of this film, is it is why as many times I've seen this film now today. I watched it again. I've probably seen this film ten times. Of course, wanting to like it. Right. Mm-hmm. Begging to like it. I love Michael Jackson. You can't not like Michael Jackson in this film. Right. But that's it. That's it. I don't disagree with you that much about what Mm-mm. you just said. Like, I think you're right about the direction. I, th- I think um, at my most generous, a lot of those scenes that are back the way that you talk about them, at my most generous, I would say maybe they're trying to capture how lost Dorothy is. Mm. And she's just sort of caught in it. I actually think that so, so we're gonna do. Let's just let's just do the Diana Ross thing. People that don't know, based like you said, based on the Broadway play, Stephanie Mills famously plays the Dorothy character in the play. Dorothy is thirteen, fourteen. Like it really is analogous to the the Wizard of Oz story. Yes. And then they change the story a little bit to try and go along with um casting Di- casting Diana Ross, who, as you says, as you say, and and people. 
try and blame Barry Gordy for this, but she actually went around Barry Gordy. Yeah. To be cast in this film, she went directly to Universal. the producers and and got cast in this film. Um, you know, it's a 1979 film. 78. 78. I guess I should have looked up how old Diana Ross was. She was 33. She was 33, not 24. And I have to say, I think this is the first time that I heard her age at 24. I always assumed she was 33, which kind of makes more sense because the way they kind of position her is she's a spinster. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, so, you know, the 24 I thought was a weird note. But this this is my Diana Ross argument. First and foremost, we've talked about it a couple of times on this show. I hate black versions of white stuff. I hate them. I think it is sort of this weird, almost condescending deal where it's like, look at the blacks. Sometimes they can do real stuff type Mm -hmm. of deal. And I think as much as I love The Wiz, the musical, it starts out that way when you have Dorothy as a teenager in Kansas with Auntie M and Uncle Henry, just like The Wizard of Oz. I like the recasting of Dorothy as an older character in theory, because, again, it it moves it a little a little bit away from the Wizard of Oz. And frankly, I think that is a, a story that has more resonance. Like, I like this sort of story of a young woman who is trying to figure out where she fits not with a man, not with her career, because I think it's interesting. Like when you listen to when when you look at the the first part, not only are they trying to fix her up, but Auntie M is saying, "Oh, well, you need to you know basically be more aggressive in your career as mm-hmm. well," which I think is a great message. One of the reasons that I love Diana Ross in this film is kind of incidental. And then one of the reasons has to do with Diana Ross herself. I'll get the incidental one out of the way. Diana Ross being in this film is part of the reason that I would argue that this is the happiest footage that exists of Michael Jackson. I don't think Michael Jackson has ever been on film happier than he is in The Wiz. And when you read about Michael Jackson and you read about, you know, his thoughts about this role and this is where he really got into the makeup and all, you know, going into Thriller and going into, um, you know, the Thriller video. He is exuberant throughout this film. And a lot of that has to do with his working with Diana Ross. Along those lines, I think that the character of Dorothy and the Scarecrow have this wonderful camaraderie and that's you know obviously based on their real life relationship now then like i said that's an incidental defense of diana ross Mm -hmm. i never saw stephanie mills on stage like i never actually saw her on stage i I think diana ross does fine i think you you know i think there's this decades-long hatred of diana ross because of the way she got the role but i think she plays fish out of water i think she plays awkward really well i think you know as the film goes on you see her character kind of blossom and turn into this person at the end 
I think Diana Ross is fine in this. If anything, I'm going to say part of the reason that I think this sort of hatred for Diana Ross in this film is not all the way based on logic is because for 30 years, nobody really talks about the worst miscasting in this film. And you want to talk about missed opportunities. This is an opportunity that was so missed. They had to cut two damn songs. Richard Pryor as the wizard <laughs> is the most ridiculously stupid miscasting in the history of casting. Why is he cast as the wizard? What does he bring to this role? Again, they cut two songs from the musical. Because he's not going to sing, do you, so you you know so you want to um, meet the wizard, which they kind of allude to when he goes in there, and then he doesn't sing "You Got It" when he leaves at the end, and they have to change the story around a bit. So that to me, the bigger crime in this film is Richard Pryor. But again, for thirty years, I've been fighting black people about Diana Ross, while Richard Pryor is sitting over there collecting a check, doing nothing. This film has weaknesses as far as the technical part of, but I do think that there is a sheer joy, just to pivot back to Michael Jackson, there's a joy that comes off of the screen with these actors at the, at, at the height of their abilities. Uh, you, you know, I don't think anyone here has, a, a, you know, would argue that about Michael Jackson. We've talked about Ted Ross. Um, Mabel King destroys this. Like I watched Mabel King today and I said, Mabel King, like I, I realized that I was halfway wanting Mabel King to win because mm -hmm. she destroys her part. I'm a Nipsey Russell fan. Just because Nipsey Russell is sort of that, that, that he kind of walks that line between Borscht Belt and Chitlin Circuit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as and the Tin Man is, he's, he's an old carnival barker. So I think he really, like, I think he fits well. And I like the camaraderie, again, between the four of them, which back to Diana Ross, I think when you're talking about these personalities, Nipsey Russell, me and you went back and forth a second, but Nipsey Russell literally had been in show business for 40 years at this point. Yeah. And was Nipsey Russell. Ted Ross, Broadway veteran mm -hmm. at this point. Michael Jackson, who is Michael Jackson? I think you need someone like a Diana Ross to fit in with those other three because somebody else is going to get swallowed up. Oh, please. Charmel, go. Uh, Diana Ross is the thing. Like, I don't... So, I'm young enough to not have been caught up in any of the backstory of any of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, my argument against Diana Ross has nothing to do with her muscling her way into the movie or anything. My argument against Diana Ross has to do with hearing the Stephanie Mills version of Home mm. and being like, Diana Ross's struggle vocals should not be in this movie. The one thing that I realized when I watched it is that I kept like oscillating my volume because she's shrieking throughout this whole thing. Like, like, you're at an octave that my like at one point in time like she yelled toto and my dog looked at me like what the what's going <laughs> on like can you stop because the, the the it's just shrill and i hate saying that about another woman but like it is there are times where like even the sound is like blowing out like and you can hear it mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like 
I understand it being sort of like a revolutionary thing where they're like, we're going to push your career, but we're also going to try and set you up with someone. And, and like, that is kind of like a, a very progressive thing given that time. It, it feels progressive. But also I was just like, this is a misstep. And I agree with you. I like the idea that Dorothy should be older because, you know, me and my friends, we play the game of who would we want to play Dorothy? Like now, like if The Wiz were to be remade as right. a movie, right. who would we choose to play it? And right. we have never considered a child. Like we've never considered a teenager. We've always considered someone that's in their 30s. Uh, Danielle Brooks, that's who we chose. Okay. Um, so I just have never, ever been able to get behind... Diana Ross in this movie. And like, I have just never liked her as that character. And I had never known any, like all of the stuff that you guys are saying, brand new. Mm -hmm. I, I had never known any of that backstory. So to me, I'm just like, my heart was broken that when she starts singing home, like it's not the Stephanie Mills version because that is the the version that I know. That is the version that I grew up on. Let's and it ain't even not so much. Clear. Stephanie Mills is is like Diana Ross couldn't be Stephanie Mills' backup singer. No. But okay. here's the thing. Right. It's no. not even so much that it is that it's not Stephanie Mills. I mean, of course, if you hear Stephanie Mills, then you're like, what the hell? Right. But it's not even so much that it is Stephanie Mills. It's what, what you said. She's struggling with it. She can't really. And she struggles almost, almost every song that she sings most of the songs that she sings solo you can hear the music is purposefully a little bit lower mm -hmm. in the mix right so that her her you know non-existent vocals can be heard because when she's singing with other people you don't even know she's singing right you don't even know she's singing at all and this camaraderie that you're talking about yes this kind of acting then she's not a good actress at all in this film mm -hmm. she 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 is extremely one note throughout this entire film the arc that she seems to go on or at least that the text tells you that she's going on yeah. you get there because the text tells you that she doesn't display you know, any of that is a one note character like she's scared from the very beginning all the way to the end damn no it. she's not because as just as um she points out to them each of them where they displayed their heart their brains and their and their courage and everything like that what you see along the lines is her growing in her self-confidence. That's what you're supposed to see. Mm -hmm. You don't see that in Diana Ross. I don't see this camaraderie that you that you see. Now, Michael Jackson is probably happy that he's in the film and he's in sure, I'm happy that I got I got Diana Ross here with me. But I also think Michael Jackson is, is primarily happy because he's doing the film and he's having fun in this role that he almost is sorely meant to uh, meant to uh made for mm -hmm. and he also is probably happy and a little bit more backstory you probably don't know is that you know his pop who was managing his career didn't want him to do the film right mm -hmm. but at that point he was taking control of his career and said no i'm gonna do this film so he probably was feeling a little bit more uh, emancipated that's the happiness that you see on the man's face no, no, no. when he's doing it he was also really happy about working with diana okay like, like, I'm, I'm sure there was a, i'm know, sure there was a happiness about being part. with diana ross right. but i think that was a, that was just a side product of all the other happy that he was that he was feeling 
I mean, all of those things are true. And without uh, without Diana Ross being in this role and, and the camaraderie with My- Michael Jackson and him having the opportunity to work with Quincy Jones, we may not have had Off the Wall or Thriller. True, so, right. Very true. So, you know, I don't want to live in a world without Off the Wall and Thriller. Um, but you're not saying anything wrong. Diana Ross was wrong for this role, not just because she was too old for the role and not just because she's not the greatest actress, uh, but echoing what you said, uh, her voice is a uh, it's struggle vocals all the way through. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes a lot. It takes away from the experience in the film. I remember when I first saw this movie, the first couple of times I saw this movie as a kid, I was like, I don't. I don't like her voice, something about it I just don't like. And I love Diana Ross. I love Diana Ross as, you know, a diva. I love mm-hmm. Diana Ross as Diana Ross. And if I was Diana Ross, you couldn't tell me no about anything. You couldn't tell me I'm not going to be in your movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. they need to be glad that they let other people play the part. Right. If I was Diana Ross, I would have played every part in the, you cut, edit it in the end, fix it in post. I right, would be right, every role right. in the movie. Um, yeah, she takes away, it's, it, it's, I can't argue with that. It's sad. it's sad, but because of Michael Jackson's role, you know, you can't win. Mm-hmm. That almost saves it for me. Between you can't win and uh, Luther's, can you feel a brand new day? Mm-hmm. Which makes me cry. I can't get through that scene without crying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I <laughs> I listened to. A version of the Wiz soundtrack that was all Diana Ross, <laughs> and I was Ooh. like, "Ooh, no, baby, what Why did you do?" You do <laughs> what is so she sang everybody's song. She sang everybody's song, including no bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What is he doing? I am morbidly curious about this, though. You gotta go tumble down a YouTube rabbit hole, and and it's it's worth it. Um, no, it sounds like PTSD in the making. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. Ooh, that level of con- to have that level of confidence to be like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> when, they, um, when they announced Barack Obama won in two thousand eight, I actually played Brand New Day out of my house's window on the street as you should have as i should have yeah that is another exuberant yeah. moment in this film i'm not i'm not knocking that and i think that's talking about the the cinematography and how it's shot i actually think that's a good scene the brand new day scene i, I think it could have been d- done better but it's done it's done okay i mean yeah. just because something works doesn't mean it can't be improved we know that's how it is for everything in wakanda forever but i think that's a good scene i remember watching that scene as a kid and being like so they're just like in a factory like all right yeah okay i was i was like that too for the first time today i realized that I never understood as a kid why they were pointing at the ceiling, but today I realized, oh, there's people up there that are singing. Oh, what are y'all doing in the rafters? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Eveline runs a terrible, terrible warehouse. She does because I'm like, girl, like there's a possibility they could fall and die, and now you got Osho on your back. Like, just you, you know, like she ain't worried about don't no Osho. I think it is a bit of of unfortunate casting that the dark brown heavier woman plays the evil witch i've tweeted it that down a toilet like what is yeah that like? what this is was that? the first time i noticed that that was yeah. a toilet and the thinner lighter skinned woman 
is the good witch. The lighter skinned witches, because Miss One is also technically a witch. Yes. Right, 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 right. So that's what I noted earlier. I was like, so the bad witches are the dark skinned ones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Because, okay. um, yeah, and they basically conspired to kill her. Yeah. yeah. Celebrated the death of her sister. Yes. Right. But, you know. Okay, but, I mean. But she, but she was bad. The only thing I can say is you got Lena Horn and Mabel King. So, you know. Yeah, Lena Horn. I could have done without Lena Horn, too. Agreed. You know, I think. Talk about some more struggle I think, vocals. I think, oh, I think the Lena Horn thing kind of goes Black along History. <laughs> with, with the Diana Rossing. Like, I do think there is a level of the casting of legends. No, I, I peeped that. Like, like, like we're going to cast legends, which again, with the Diana Ross casting, mm-hmm. whether she muscled, well, not even whether, obviously she muscled her way into mm-hmm. it. Obviously, all of this is after the fact because they didn't. But I do think that there is this kind of beautiful tapestry where you have Diana Ross and Lena Horne on the same screen. No, I'm sorry. No. I mean, you can be sorry all you want, but like, they're legends. So what? That doesn't legends mean that they're right for the role. can be dragged just like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. They can be dragged, but that doesn't not make them legends. Well, I'm not knocking their legendary okay. status. I'm just saying they are wrong for the roles. And especially, in, 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 okay, Diana Ross, you know, she 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 gets the role, right? And, and wait, wait, let me just say this about, like, people, y'all want to act like Dorothy is Viola Davis in Fences. It's a dumbass character. <laughs> it is, like, like in we're all not arguing like that. in the whole Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz this, whether you're talking about Judy Garland, whether you're talking about some rando at the high school um, production of the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy is the weakest link of any Wizard of Oz in the Wizards of Oz's. Listen, like, which all is all the more that, reason. That dog like, it's just, acted Diana Ross under the table, yeah. okay? Again, Judy Garland, I don't know the last time y'all watched The Wizard of Oz. Like, you're talking about one note. Judy Garland, <laughs> for two and a half hours in The Wizard of Oz. Like, it's the role of Dorothy. All the more the reason. It's not Lady Macbeth. All the more reason why if Diana Ross is going to use her considerable muscle to, to get herself in this film, why take the chance away from Stephanie Mills and why not give herself one of those roles? She could have been Lena Horne's character. She could have been Lena Horne's character. Yeah. She definitely could have been Lena Horne's Lena Horne's character. For the same, or or for whatever, no, or no, no. for whatever reason, for whatever reason, and it still would have been wrong. Uh-huh. But for whatever reason, she could have st- she could have been Mabel King's character. Uh, for no, the- no, I'm not saying that Mabel King shouldn't have done whatever's it. character. For the same reason, and this is a perfect parallel. And this is also why I don't have no whole lot of whole lot of patience for old Diana Ross. Because if Rihanna or Beyonce had done this kind of thing, we'd all be like, yes. Okay, first queen. of all. No, no, no. We're not going first no. of all. Because I don't want either reason, of them to do that. For the same reason that Beyonce in Dreamgirls, they had to tell her, okay, well, you know that character doesn't sing I'm not leaving, right? So then they said, well, you're going to have to write me one just like that so I can get a, a, a showstopper two in the movie because I'm Diana goddamn Ross and I'm the star. Oh, and the oh. star is Dorothy. Therefore, I'm Dorothy. Fine. So if you're going to be Dorothy and they're going to make Dorothy 24 years old, then why don't you at least try to make yourself look close to 24 years old instead of looking like your mother in the movie? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the other issues you're talking about. See, now you're talking about costuming and makeup and makeup. 
She said, I'm going to rock this TWA. Thank you. Woolworth blouse. Thank you, Will Deal. Because I'm Diana Ross. I ain't got to be fabulous all the time. It is a Woolworth blouse. I will say this about Diana Ross. And now I'll bring in Diana Ross from Mahogany. Diana Ross has never been one to say, you have to dress me up all the time. Like, if the role says that I'm supposed to be plain Jane and this, that, and the other, which, you know, again, back to Dreamgirls, why I always thought Beyonce was a failure in Dreamgirls, because Beyonce just looked like Beyonce the whole movie. Like, there's no actual transformation. So that if Dorothy is supposed to be plain Jane, she's supposed to be this wallflower, she's supposed to be awkward, then arguably you could say that's why she looks like she looks. Now then, I don't know why they said she was 24. Like, I don't know why she couldn't just be 33. Because even a 24, like I actually wrote in my notes, I said 24-year-old spinster. And then I'll put an exclamation mark. <laughs> like, you 24, you ain't got no husband. You ain't moved out nowhere. I was like, God damn, they're real hard on a 24-year-old. Seriously. I couldn't even keep no plants alive when I was 24. I still can't. She is gainfully employed. People let their kids around her. Like, she teaching kindergartners. Like, I feel like she's doing just fine for 24. Did it seem a little creepy? Seems like she should moisturize more because she looks older than 24. <laughs> Wait a and as we all we just we all said, certain hues never go askew. So. But didn't it seem a little creepy, maybe to you, you Jordan, when Annie M is trying to tell her about you know. You know, you should take that job teaching the high schools, get around some older kids. It sounded like she was like pimping her out yeah. to some young boys. Yeah. <laughs> I was I'm, like, Whoa. I mean, if she can't pimp out the mustache <laughs> that she brought over for Thanksgiving, I mean, for Christmas dinner. I don't know. I, I peeped that and I was like, why? Like, why? Yeah. why? Like, don't nobody know. See, because again, now my questions are where your people? What you mean? Where my people? No, no, no. I'm talking about when Mustache came to the to Christmas dinner to to hook her to get hooked up with Diana Ross. I was like, why aren't you having Christmas dinner with your people? You don't have no people. Maybe not. Would you, you gotta do a lot to get kicked out of Christmas dinner in a black family? You exactly. Gotta, you gotta he wasn't kicked out. He, he came to, to actually see like her. I actually like that scene where they show them preparing the dinner and cutting the, cutting the meats and that the turkeys. That was boring. It was was very reminiscent of soul food. It was very soul food. I didn't like the editing. Soul food did it like thirty years after this. No, but but that's what I'm saying. Like you didn't like the editing of it because it 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 didn't have any story to it. I didn't really feel the the story of it. The story of them preparing. I didn't dig it. I didn't dig it at all. And then she just starts singing out of the blue. That is what tripped me (laughs) out. Like I was like. Every the thing that tripped me out was that was the the mixing of of how the background of everyone talking just dropped off, right? Yeah. And yeah. then she just started singing, and I was like, "Cause Big Mama is is singing to her daughter who brought in the baby." I don't, I couldn't understand why they. It seemed kind of melancholy. I was like, "But this is a baby." Yeah, there was nothing <laughs> joyous about. It was just it was just a it's bad weird. scene. It was I yeah. didn't. I never it. really pay attention to the non Oz parts Agreed. of either, <laughs> either film. It wasn't sepia color. That's the only thing that really right. has the original, like the original Wizard of Oz. Like nobody's paying attention to that scene. Like when you know the neighbor comes. Like no, who cares? I want to be in Oz with Michael Jackson singing yeah. "You Can't Win" mm-hmm. while some badass crows guy <laughs> talk to me that's what i want to do mm-hmm. there's a part in you can't win like at the end where he goes 
<laughs> I feel so black when he says that, like like a pick with a black fist appears in front of me. <laughs> For me, it's when he hits that real, real low note. Yes. real low note. Mm. You know what I... I think w- I ovulated for the first time <laughs> when I heard that note. I said, I am a woman. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> but you know, you know what I actually thought when I heard that? I was like, wow, this is Michael Jackson singing with his real voice. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's why it comes off mm. so, so yeah. powerfully. Yeah. Because that was and it may have been the last time we heard that voice. Mm-hmm. I actually like that scene. I do. No, oh, I do. I think that's a good scene. That is one of the best scenes, like the banter yeah. in that. Yeah, I, I think that's a good scene. Like, that scene is actually one that I appreciate that it's set kind of wide because you have those four guys and they're so physical throughout that whole yeah. thing. Like, mm-hmm. the crows are always moving in that scene. So I appreciate that it is wide set, but it is not as wide set as when they first get into Oz. You can actually see the track that the camera yeah. is sitting on yep. yeah. because it's so far right, back. It's so far like, back. It, it literally looks like they're on a football field and the camera's set in bleachers. And you get that rail or what have you. Like, I, was, I was hoping that the clovers would come out and just start like also cheering or something. Right, right, right. Like, but that scene is... The like the the colors of that scene mm-hmm. are not matched anywhere else except no. for when you get into Emerald City. Like there's something about them that is just more vibrant. They're more rich, and it's mm-hmm. just like okay, like now this movie is starting. Right, right, like right. I, I agree yeah, with absolutely. Jordan in that way. Like n- this is when it you is. need to pay attention. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's a whole different lighting. It's a whole different feel mm-hmm. from there, and and it. Once you find the yellow brick road, because then the yellow brick road takes you every place. All of a sudden, the yellow brick road is on a freaking roller coaster. It looks right, like, right. You know, and it runs across Nipsey Russell. You know, right. and, and that's kind of cool too. Um, and then just going across the bridge, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Except for Dorothy, like chasing after a crackhead. Like you see a crackhead crawl out of a house, and you're gonna run after him. I didn't understand that, girl. In what are you defense, doing? It was 1979, and there was no crack. Okay, so you're gonna run after a vagabond. In your defense, <laughs> that dude scarred an entire generation of black children. Really? Hey, 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 people between the ages of 40 and 50. You you ready? You ready to get scared? You ready? Oh no. No no no. Those little things just oh. jump like what is this? What in the holy hell was that thing? Yeah. I want someone scared to me this re- afternoon. I, I I want Jordan Peele to reappropriate that and put it in one of his movies as like the underscoring of one of it. And I want black people to go to it and be like, I don't know why I was so uncomfortable in right, this movie, but there right. was, and yeah. it'd be that. Like be I want that, that yeah. to be the reason that you're so uncomfortable because. <laughs> and just <laughs> whose fever dream did that come just, out of? Just unnecessary. Also, something every happens every single time I see it. There, um, my absolute favorite line reading in the entire film when when the wizard is asking each of them what they want, and, and the scarecrow says, "I want a heart," and the Tin Man says, 
no, Scarecrow says, I want to brain Tin Man, says, oh, and the line, what do you want, your man? He says, I want to get the hell up out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. blackest thing ever. It makes me laugh out loud. Every time. Every single time at that line. I love Ted Ross. I'm a Ted Ross fan. It's yeah. the spirit of black people, honestly. Yeah. Like, oh, no, something's going to... We're gone. We're out. He has to outruns all of them in the subway. Yes! He just runs <laughs> Run faster, y'all. Like, I'm not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll carry on for you. Honestly. Was anybody else uh, disappointed in the Poppy scene? Uh, or as disappointed as I was in the Poppy scene? Disappointed by, by what? That you weren't there and getting equally stoned? <laughs> Just the the scope of it, the oh, okay. way the shot. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't. I don't think it. Um, you know, when you watch it, uh, when I, I I seem to remember when I first saw the movie, you know, kind of mildly into it, mm-hmm. but right. with subsequent uh, viewings, like it does, it doesn't, it, it really doesn't do. I anything I think it's the reason me. that that's a scene that is often edited out mm-hmm. when they show it on television. It's a mm-hmm. bad scene. Also, it, the prostitution. But the it, the yeah. prostitution, the heavy drug use, it's, yeah. it's also wildly inappropriate. Yeah. So then there's that. But it was mm-hmm. the 70s. It was the 70s. It was the 70s and would you have to It was 70s New York. Yeah. True. Uh, true. And you have to remember that this is not a children's film. How about that? You know, that's the other thing. You know, this has become a cult classic. And I've, I've heard my sister tells me that she shows it to, you know, my little niece. This is not a children's film. It's right. it's um I think a kid early teens can watch it reasonably. A younger kid th- there's scenes of this will freak you out, man. Yeah, but I think you're absolute but I think everybody shows it to kids. They do. Mm-hmm. I think everybody shows it to because kids. it's Michael Jackson and it's the singing right, and everything right, right, like right. that. But man, there's there's parts of this like you said the you see graffiti come to life come to life and this is not like some vibrant you know you know sunlit street Mm -hmm. this is like like you know a playground at after dark coming to life that can freak your mind out man like i am not going on the teeter-totter anymore i mean it's it's mid-70s new york which was a tough place i think that's also why the film wasn't kind of like a critical it was like a commercial uh bomb yeah uh at the time it's because uh who is this film for it's if it's not if it looks like it's a kid film but it's not a kid film like who's going to see this mm-hmm. plus it's the 70s you right. know yeah. we hadn't solved racism back then like we have now so right. you know <laughs> so post-racial yeah, yeah. yeah. we're not in this this post-racial utopia that we're in right now um yeah it, it's uh well, think about stuff like that. part of the reason that I am so so sort of passionate about defending this film is that I've always thought that part of the pushback critically to this film had to do with a pushback or, or sort of the, the 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 criticism that Motown films received in general, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it had to do with the clickishness and and the the the, the sort of the, the sort of built-in racism of, of Hollywood and the Hollywood system. And you read accounts of this period, you read sort of Barry Gordy talking about, how, and I think a lot of it was people wanted him to stay in his lane. Mm-hmm. So that, let's be clear, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and argue critically about the whiz, but so hard. 
Mm-hmm. What I will say is there are a lot of films that got passes that weren't that much better than this. Mm-hmm. And there were worse films than this that people that people uh, talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think, you, you know, a pattern from Lady Sings the Blues to Bingo Long to um, Mahogany, Mahogany mm-hmm. to this where you get this same sort of venom. Gotcha. So that for as far as it not being a critical darling, I think that's true. But I also think it's true that there is a level of this film becoming legendary. Well, that says something about it as well. To be, it's certainly in the black community. To be fair, looking at the films of Motown Productions, um, they do diminish a little bit. You know, you start off with Lady Sings the Blues in 1972. Then you go to um, Hogany uh, in 75. Um, let's see where else we're going here. And then and it quickly descends into, like, thank God it's Friday with Donna Summers, which if anyone has ever seen that movie, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, it, there there was diminishing returns you on that film. You have Jeff Goldblum as sort of uh, a sort of sexual assaulty guy. Wait, hold the phones. It's got Donna Summer and Jeff Goldblum in it. It's a weird film. It's a very weird film. It sounds like it's right in my wheelhouse. (laughs) You know, you think, and I think you would. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen, what's the other Jeff Goldblum movie? Uh, What is it? Lethal Weapon (laughs) 2. No. All the Lethal Weapons are on HBO and I'm going to watch them. Are they really? Oh, you are in for a good... T- well, you're in for a good time, and then it's going to steadily not get as good. Oh, I've seen them all. I love Lethal Weapon. I saw... I listened to an interview with um, the producer of uh, Lethal Weapon, who says that if somebody gives him the money, he has Lethal Weapon 5 ready to go. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 5. They're both too old for this shit. <laughs> Let's kick off that GoFundMe. Of course, I think by four, Mel Gibson's Mm -hmm. character actually says it, too. Yes. Well, well, he should. We don't need Mel Gibson in anything else ever again. (laughs) Oh, right. There's that icky anti-Semitism. He's probably not a good person to put in stuff. Mm -mm. No, not in post-racial America. Yeah. No. Okay. (laughs) Well, there goes that idea. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do you know what Motown's first television series was? I don't off the top of my head, but you're going to say it and I'm going to go, oh, right. From 1971 to 1973. That should be a clue. I mean, it's no, it wouldn't be the Jacksons family hour because I don't think that was a Motown show. No, that wasn't a Motown show. Yeah. Plus 71. I don't know. It was the Jackson 5 Saturday morning cartoon. Oh. There you go. Fun fact. Somebody told me the other day that I look like Randy Jackson. And I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> what? Yeah. Don't, don't accept that. I was about to say. Do not right? accept that. Randy I'll Jackson may be like. Is he the, he's not the least talented Jackson, is he? Jerton. Tito is the least. No, no Tito can play the guitar. A, yeah, Tito's actually a pretty Tito's good Tito's a great musician. musician yeah. yeah. Uh, not uh, great. Are, we, are we including the sisters? Oh, Rebe. 
Rebo? Rebo. Rebo. <laughs> Did you call her Rebo? Rebo? <laughs> you called her Rebo. Rebe. That is horrible. Rebo. <laughs> not a Rebo! <laughs> Rebo is the magic robot from the future who was going to be their mascot in the fourth season of the Jackson 5 cartoon gotcha. that never got produced. I get those two confused. <laughs> I can see how that can happen. Yeah, I can see that. Conflate the two. Yes. Um... I think Marlon is probably less talented than Randy. Randy had Randy and the Gypsies. That was a good album. What? Randy, you don't remember Randy and the Gypsies? No. Randy and the Gypsies. Oh, if I sit here long enough, I can remember the name of their song. Randy and the Gypsies. Randy and the Gypsies. They were sort of a low-rent Prince in the Revolution type group. That wasn't Randy. That was Marlon. No, that was Randy. I think that was Marlon. I, no, it was Randy because the name of the band was Randy and the Gypsies. I think you. Uh, we'll look it up. And drop the song in right. What was the name of that song? It was like a top 50 hit. Like it was quietly a little bit of a hit. Was it Was it a bop? Like if, if we were to put it on for you now, like would you be like, yeah. Oh, it slaps. Right. Um, I would. Fun fact: okay. If you go back and watch Motown 25, mm-hmm. there's a there is a moment when Michael's on stage with his brothers where he just gives them all a look like, "Yeah, I'm never speaking to any of you again. <laughs> Better than all of this. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Yeah. <laughs> She's absolutely right. <laughs> oh wow, you are right. Um, I know I'm right. After recording the 2300 Jackson Street album. Boy, that was a piece of crap. Jackson Street. Uh, the group disbanded and focused on separate projects. And Randy Jackson formed his own band, Randy and the Gypsies. They only released one album before breaking up. What was the name of their single? It, it, they don't even care. They don't even to care. To, it was. It's not a bad song. They don't even give. They don't even list the filmography of Randy and the Gypsies. Like usually, like if if it's another group right, listed, right. they'll put like it'll be you know like you can click it and it'll have his own heading. It doesn't even have his own heading. Hilarious. We've drifted a field. We've actually left the yellow brick road. <laughs> we have <laughs> something that never happens. On this show, but I, but I, and I certainly on the hundredth episode. <laughs> considering the talk that we, how we've been speaking about the Wiz, yes. Now, I have I, I have to ask you, Vince, yes, and you, Jordan, yes, whom it seemed that the four of us had the the most acclaim or or love is love the of the film for me, yeah. okay, and even. Jordan said it's still yes. still one of our favorite movies of all time. Um, after reconsidering it now in this conversation, does it still hold such a, a lofty place in your uh, your pedigree of films? And if so, why so? Da 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 da. Yes, uh, because <laughs> it's the Wiz, and he lives. In us, it's it's da, uh, da, 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 da. that is a good song. It's the music. Um, mm. You can be a terrible. I'm I'm like a a former and current uh, like theater geek kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a sucker for a great song. Uh, there are tons of musical movies that are trash, but they have great music. And, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, it'll, it'll take you a long way with me. So it's black. It's black folk. 
It's beautiful black folk. It's got Michael Jackson. Have you ever seen The Wiz on stage? I didn't. I have not seen The Wiz on stage. Uh, so I can't compare it to the, you know, the 70s stage play. Of course. Um, I could compare it to that remake they did a couple years ago. Like oh, two oh years yeah. Ago. NBC. The one on NBC. pretty solid. I, I thought it was solid. Yeah. Uh, I thought that uh, Neo, is that his name? Yes. Mm-hmm. Neo uh, needed to take those caps out. Um, but yeah, I thought it, I thought it, it was pretty solid. Uh, I, I can't say anything bad about The Wiz. Yeah, Diana Ross shouldn't be in it. She's too old. She's Miss Cash. She can't sing. Yes. Cinematography. Yes. But the music slaps. And, and for me, that's all I need is, is give me a couple of songs that I can sing along to. Yeah, yeah, version of that. I think I, I think any weakness of Diana Ross as a singer, which, you know, compared to the rest of this cast, clearly she's the weakest link vocally. I mean, you, you talk about you can't win, but, you know, like I said, Mino Lion is, is magnificent. Um, you, you know, bad news. Bad news is amazing. Um... You know, New Day, like you said, the music is is undeniable. I just think there is a sense of black joy throughout this film that that is is, you, you know, we're, we're sort of talking about seeing black bodies and black images and black black people in uh, fictional spaces or narrative spaces that don't have to do with suffering. And The Wiz has been something that for, you know, almost 40 years has consistently been this showcase of this black talent, of this black joy. I, I think, you, you know, Charmel, your, your observation about the showcase for the Ailey dancers mm-hmm. is one that, that is a really, really good one that I hadn't thought about within the context of, of sort of blackness or, or black art in totality. So yeah, I you know, I still have never really understood the whole Diana Ross thing. When again, and even in this conversation, we all let Richard Pryor off the hook. But you know, all right, fine, Diana Ross, she's Miss Cash. She's too old for the role. If she was playing a fourteen-year-old in a stage play, which she wasn't. But you know, what we're really saying is you shouldn't change the uh, character. But all right, fine, sure. I actually didn't mind Richard Pryor in the role. Okay, okay, they had to excise a couple of songs for um, because they cast him. They wrote a couple of songs because they cast Michael Jackson. So it's like you know, what is it, it about Richard Pryor that strikes you as somebody that could crash land in <laughs> Oz and pull this great scam? He's Richard Pryor. He's playing scared Richard Pryor. Like he's playing that scared mode that he got into in the late seventies. Yes. All the way through the 80s, yes. where there's nothing about his character that says, I could pull this scam off. Ooh, what about Red Fox in that role? Red Fox would have been much better in this role. Okay. Too old at this point. Mm. But, but you know. Yeah, Red Fox would have been better. There's tons of people could have been better. What about Dinah Ross that you think she could pull off at 33 years old, looking like she's 43, right. could pull, pull off playing 24? But she did it. Well, Richard Pryor, I, I think for what he was asked to do in this film, I think he's I think he's yeah, all right. But I don't think he, you're saying they changed the songs. I don't think he's distracting they in cut any way. The wizard's entire part. 
Okay, fair. Okay, fair enough. But so that's what I'm saying. So for what he is asked to do, which is I don't, th- I don't think he's distracting. I think I, I does he add anything extra to it? No, maybe not. Except except his his name, right? But he doesn't he doesn't distract from it at all either. Well, again, for all you know, for people who talk about the the musical, to me that's the greater crime. Trust me. Like as far as the change from the musical to the movie. Maybe it's the bigger crime up until that point. But then after that, the screen goes black and you're left with Diana Ross taking you home. And there's no bigger crime in this movie than that. Yeah, you know. Hey, look at Charmelle. It's got to be more shaky and timid than that. It's just... By the time the you get to that, is so I'm high good. in that. Mm. Yeah. And my the mom, talent is so low. Like it's just how? My how? mom is a vocalist and and uh she throughout the late 80s, early 90s, that was like a point of contention in our household because my mom uh sounds a lot like Stephanie when she sings. Mm-hmm. And, and and all through my childhood, I I you know, people would tell me that and my mom would always talk about how Diana was wrong for that part and how she did those songs a disservice. I should text her right now and tell her I'm talking about it. She'll just send me like eight texts about it. Um, <laughs> Don't trigger your mom. Trigger, your trigger mom. my mom. Uh, I'm coming. <laughs> I always forget that Richard Pryor is in this movie. Same. I rewatch it and then Richard Pryor shows which, up. I'm like, oh. Which, think about that. Yeah. He's actually the title character. And in the musical... There's a whole section because, well, he's the title character. Mm. He's actually the Wiz. Fine. That's in the musical. It's cut for the movie. Yes. Just like they added songs yes. for the movie. Yes, but there's So it's a wash. It, yeah, again, yeah, y'all It's go, a wash. Y'all go ahead and keep stomping on Diana Ross. I'm going to stand over here in the corner <laughs> and look at Richard Pryor and be confused. Oh, please, Rick. Richard Pryor is not the hill to die on when we're talking about this movie. Like, Diana Ross is the hill that you, if you so choose to decide to defend her, struggle vocals. Like, that is is the hill that you die on then. Like, Richard Pryor is maybe a battle that after a while you're just like, whatever. Like... Richard Pryor convinced NBC to give him his own, you know, special where he, he... In the seventies, so I, I could be convinced that Richard Pryor could convince a whole town, you know, full of people that he was not the Richard Whip. Pryor, the man, the character that Richard Pryor plays in. Oh, okay. I, I mean, yeah. he's well, in, you know, he fell out of the sky. Yeah, and he explained it. But well, also, like, let's talk about the townspeople of Oz too. Like, these people are idiots. Like, they are willing to follow anyone that falls out of the sky. Yeah. On two occasions now. Like, yes. first time coincidence, second time pattern. Like, <laughs> y'all got problems. Like, they're willing to follow Richard Pryor because he fell out of the sky. And, Dorothy's, and a hot air balloon. And Dorothy's a hero because she fell through some letters in the sky and killed and, someone. And killed someone. So now she's our savior. Like, she really should be charged for man, too. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, she should. Like, I will say real quick. I will give. Diana She's a Ross, murderer. I'll give Diana Ross one defense. There is one line reading right at the end of the the movie when um, Glenda tells her that all you have to do is click your heels and you can go home. And Diana, she she sounds like everybody's 
you mean all I got to do is click my heels and I can go home? She says it just <laughs> like that. <laughs> she says it just like that. Like, I just can't, went through all this BS and you telling me. You can take the sister out of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give her that. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's the whiz. I like her dancing in this. Are you kidding me? She no. does her best. <laughs> She's doing her best. She's Leroy. doing her best. All she is doing is jazz hands the entire yeah. movie. And I like but it. I with like armpits. It. But she's on beat and keeping up with the Alvin Ailey dancers and Michael Jackson. Okay. Like, that's no small thing. I had hoped to get out of here without going here, <laughs> but y'all brought it up. So I'm going to go there. All right? I'm going to kill another sacred cow about this movie. What, what's that? Oh, boy. Michael Jackson is the only person in this movie that is doing any type of good dancing. Oh, you are actually high on heroin and cocaine. I'm not saying that the Alvin Haley dancers aren't aren't doing good dancing. What I'm saying, though, is that just like I said, Sidney Lumet is like stealing money. He's yes. just basically taking the check. You can tell he's taking the check because I guarantee there's probably no more than one or two takes. Because if you really pay attention to those scenes, there's a lot of messing up in those scenes. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of sloppy dancing going on. Not say, and, and not saying that are those bugging. aren't talented dancers, but it means that they were just... Let's get it in, get it over with. I think those. I think they are dancing their hearts out. Oh, they're dancing their hearts out, but they're sloppy. Uh, and Charmel just co-signed. I don't care if Charmel co-signs. <laughs> well, okay. Like, first of all, I was. I'm here by popular demand. <laughs> <you're> out, so. <laughs> someone cares that I co-sign so <laughs> whatever, Vince. But anyway, like when you first come into that scene, and Eveline's like coming into the room there is one dancer second row in who is just extra super hype about having to like hit this syncopated beat (laughs) and it like every the whole time like i was sitting there i was like is anyone else doing this same no one no one else no one else is this like it it, and, and they are the first person in line second row on the left hand side you can't miss them and it's just like <laughs> what is happening here again why are there people in the rafters i just i don't understand what's happening like that whole scene also like it it's so like i understand where the coming to america where they got their inspiration from because it's so it's set so far out yeah mm-hmm. it's set so far and like it's just like it shouldn't be set that far out because I should never be able to watch Diana Ross have to pick up that fabric and yes. actually exit yep. the scene. Yep. Like they did not zoom in far enough for that to not be right. a thing, you know. So, so I I think that there there are beautiful instances in that shot, but they all happen when it's like super tight on like a group of dancers. When you kind of zoom out, and it's supposed to be something that is incredibly like well-timed and, and everyone's choreographed. Yeah, yeah. like y- your eye automatically finds the thing that's out of that's out of rhythm because it's so wide out like like if they were only focusing on a section then like you you would never know that's just like in the remember the time video you notice that girl that's dancing with michael 
they she's dancing with him and then they take a quick wide shot out and you see her snaking her way through everybody and it's like what is happening right now? Maybe I'm not looking at these scenes right. Yeah, I'm definitely as a black woman who can't dance. I can give Same. you a good shoulder shimmy and a couple of uh oh uh oh. Um, <laughs> I never notice those things. As long as people don't fall over, I'm like they could dance. This is so good. I didn't yeah. notice it either. I was so engulfed in the joy of the moment. I missed all of <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, can you see a brand new day? Oh, come on. I mean, I could see a brand new day, but also I could see that they needed to do a brand new take. Like, like yeah, one uh, more time, guys. Just one more I'm time saying. from the top. Like, that's please. All I'm saying. There is no joy in Mudville. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. <sighs> Mud this, is replenishing. So, with all this being said, yes. I'm gonna start with you, Charmel. Would you recommend that people see The Wiz? I recommend people see uh, my new version of me recasting <laughs> it. Sure, like it. It depends. I think it depends on the person, right? Like, I've never met someone who said, "Oh no, I don't like Michael Jackson." So <laughs> there's that. But you know, if you want to see something that's broke down Coney Island and them like sliding into you know Midtown and then you know the financial district and everything like that. Why not? Like, I tell white people to watch it because I want them to understand what Emerald City should really look like. Like, <laughs> I want them to understand, like, what it should really feel like. But really, aside from any time that Michael's taking the lead to the time that they get to Emerald City and then to the time that they get to Eveline, like, really, just watch those three scenes on yeah, YouTube on and YouTube. call it a day. Right. Because you take those scenes out and there's no movie. Right, so maybe the subway scene because th- that that scarred a lot of people. You I know, I don't want people out here calling me and being like, "Hey, I'm gonna send you my invoice for my therapist." No, thank you. Mm. Um, like, it should be their black it moment. No, one that's exactly what it is, too. Yeah, that's how I thought about it. <laughs> no one wants that, but yeah, I, I I say don't watch the film. Like, I don't think it's really that big a deal. I I say just watch those scenes on YouTube, honestly. Hmm. Mm. Jordan. This is still one of my favorite films. Uh, I would recommend. Uh, I think if you are of a certain, if you're like a, a young millennial, I don't think you really need to watch this. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, required viewing, but definitely, like she said, go to YouTube and uh, watch, you know, the clips of the music and, and, and you know, watch the them take their masks off and, and yeah. you know, and all that, that beautiful melanin. Um, yeah, or show it to like a three-year-old and just like scar them forever. It'd be fun. <laughs> mm. yeah. I found the term black card problematic. We snatching black cards and this one don't have a black card. But I will say this. I am a black hardliner about certain things. And it's kind of like playing spades. Mm. I'm suspicious of you if you haven't seen The Wiz. Hmm. I ain't going to say we can't be friends, but just understand that I'm like, eh, for a minute after I find that out about you, you have to watch The Wiz. You have to. Why? Because it is ingrained in the culture. Like it is actually ingrained in, it is actually part of the tapestry of black pop culture. I would say that it was, I don't. Not was. Like, no, like, be, because I would argue, like, Jordan just said, like, younger millennials, like, my brother, who's, like, 20. And Can you play spades? He, no, we yeah, can't. Like, suspicious. Like, we did not teach him, actually. Suspicious. 
<laughs> he, he's very suspect. I don't know how to play spades, which you already knew by looking mm-hmm. at me. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you good. Am I though? You are. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like yeah, I, I, think I you just have to. I, I just don't think that like. I'm sorry. Like. I I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Right? I don't agree with that either because no. I I think what is ingra- ingrained in the black tapestry from the Wiz is the music mm. of the Wiz. Now, if you're talking about you know this overall feeling that you know blacks have about Michael Jackson, then therefore by product his performance what in the Wiz more tapestry. What film is more tapestry-y mm-hmm. than The Wiz? Than The Wiz. I, I, I think there's Sister more than Sister Act 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. See? I think Gra- some people... Grandmama, mama, kid, cousins, throw on what's more tapestry-y than The Wiz. Like, you get a cross-section from 80... Mm-hmm. to nine years old and I point a gun to your head and say okay here's 20 black people you need to find a film of that these 20 black people from all walks of life from all parts of the country from mm-hmm. all ages have seen and of them 20 black people you need to get a film that 14 of them have seen I'd Which argue you Sister pick? Act 2 I, would I make would, it I, I would actually argue Sister Act 2 or the film <laughs> I was going to say The Color Purple right Kids have not seen the color purple. Sister Act Two, I think, has an age component to it. Like once you get over forty, so does the Wiz. Vince. Yeah, but the person that I was introduced to Sister Act Two was my grandmother, not my mother. No, no, no. I get that, but I'm just saying, Grandmama watching Sister Act Two is real. Saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Black women will watch Sister Act Two because it's like, oh, it must be about God. No, no, no. I didn't say they wouldn't watch it. I said have seen it. Yeah, I think, I think they so. have seen. I think I think she's right. I oh my god, I completely disagree about Sister Act Two. I think I think I think the time of the Wiz has passed to that extent. I Why really did do. They remake it a couple of months ago. They remade it because the music and the experience of it is still very much a a part of the Black Tapestry. That's why I said I think it's the music. I think it's the experience. And how are people finding out about the music since it hasn't been on Broadway in like 15 years? Because while it hasn't been on Broadway in about 15 years, this is a a film that, uh, excuse me, a production that is done in smaller theaters around the country all the time mm-hmm. and people are introduced to the Wiz. When I went to high school, we did a version of the Wiz. People, people do the people do the Wiz in high school. I think that's why it's become more of a tapestry is because of the stage play. I think that the movie, it like I say, it's it's such a let's put it this way. I think there's a reason why it's considered a cult classic and not a classic. Where while as whereas the stage production is considered a classic and something that is almost, you know, routinely every uh, 10 to 20 years, people try to um, put it back onto the stage, onto the big Broadway. Sometimes depending on how, you know, it all comes together, it's successful or not, but they always try to revisit it because that is what is ingrained. The music and the experience of seeing it live, not the movie. Not anymore. I I, I agree with Charlotte. I, I, I do think that it needs to be remade. Like I, I think 
I was going to say think that. that yeah, I think the that movie, there's there yeah like a remake would be nice. Yeah, I think a remake of the movie to get it back into the tapestry mm-hmm. as 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 something that is a touchstone for black folks. I think is necessary and required. I think because I mean, outside of Dreamgirls, there aren't really that many sort of black focus and centric musicals that we can think to. Like, I mean, if you were to ask me, like, I'm going Rodgers and Hammerstein, Brandy, Cinderella, if you ask me for it, like, right. if you hard press me for another black musical, and we know that that is not technically. It's funny, right? after Negro Town, it'd actually be nice if Jordan Peele did one. Can he remake <laughs> Carmen uh, without Beyonce in the lead? Ooh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need a hip hopera. No, we do not. I, whatever, I, I, whatever. If this was remade, I would love to see the cinematographer of Black Panther, Rachel Morrison, do it. That would also be nice. That was a gorgeous. I was, movie. I was thinking her, and then um, what is her name? Uh, Matsukis. I can't remember what her first name is, but she was. She's the director uh, on, on um, Atlanta. Mm. No, uh, no, for insecure. Insecure, yeah. yeah, yeah Melina yeah. Matsukis. Yes, right. yeah, yeah, and they worked together on um, Beyonce's album on Lemonade. Oh, she worked with Rachel on that. Oh, boom, sign them up. Like, I, I think that that would be sort of like a perfect thing. Like, and we also need Janelle Monae as the Tin Man. Like, oh, yeah, that never oh, knew God. I needed it until you just. Said I'm it. just saying, like. Oh, that is they were halfway what you floating. Need. She might have been cast in the NBC one, and obviously it didn't happen. But that would have been perfect. It, it, I we don't. I don't want Janelle Monae on I, in the stage play. Like I want. I want her as a part of the new cinematic experience, especially because of like her Afro future, like her stake in Afro futurism. Right. Yeah. Like because because my thought, like me and my friends, we waver on this of like. Well, if she doesn't play the Tin Man, then obviously she needs to be Dorothy, like, mm-hmm. clearly. But then if we do that, then we obviously bring Andre 3000 back to be the Tin Man. Like, those are your options. This is where we're oscillating here, people. Right. Like, <laughs> Am I crying? <laughs> like, these are the things that you, you know, these are the things that we argue and talk about in my friend circle, you know. But but it is something that needs to happen. Like, it, it is something that needs that we need in our lives. And like after black Panther, like I think that, I think that we can get a musical going. Like I want to see what a wrinkle in time does. I want to see sort of what kind of splash that makes. But my argument would be if a wrinkle in time kind of holds its own as being like this sci-fi mystical kind of thing. Right. Why can't we get Mm -hmm. this movie made? And I mean, I have concerns about wrinkle in time. I've, I've heard that Tyler Perry owns the rights to remake the Wiz movie. I heard that a couple of years ago, and I hope to God it is not true. Because I hope that is not true. However, if he would just produce it, I'm about to say, mm. yeah, I'll give the man, you know, this. If he just sits in as the producer yeah. and lets, you know, other hires the people that that do it, then it's not a bad thing. True, because then and then. Then also it gives us complete ownership of it, right? You know what I mean. So, uh, but you know, if he if he has a hand in casting it, you know, which means that you know we may very well see Cecily Tyson as Dorothy. Then <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful. She's gonna be Aunt the Tin Aunt Man. <laughs> Just go. She's gonna be Lena Horne's character at the end. Yeah. 
All I know is Medea's version and no bad news. (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) Don't do that. Not on the 100th episode. All right, let's shut this down. Um, Charmel, Jordan, thank you so much. Let everybody know because they'll want to know how they can reach you, how they can find you, and and what you two ladies are up to. Let's start with Jordan. So uh, if you'd like to keep uh, updated on what I'm doing, you can follow me at uh, Twitter or Instagram at Cinnamon Lafemme. And uh, you can follow my writing at verysmartbrothers.com forward slash the root, the root. And uh, you can follow me locally at the Philadelphia org. Cool, cool. Uh, for me, if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, fair warning, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I will cyber bully you with my delicious looking food. Um, just be aware of that. But for both uh, handles, it is at the mean black girl. Um, and you can check out my latest podcast with me and my cousin Latoya. We are reviewing the first season of a different world, um, at black and syndicated. You can go to our website at black That's black a and D syndicated.com. Um, and I'm getting ready to start a new podcast in like a month or two called breakfast wine, where me and a friend of mine, uh, recommend and pair wines with breakfast food. Nice. It's going to be great. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Uh, when y'all do waffles, can I be there? Uh, we're probably going to do waffles when we do fried chicken, which is when we're doing champagne. So. So can I have I mean. I just wanted to be. I got know, a waffle like, maker. I have a waffle maker as well because, oh you know, goodness. I cyber bully people and with delicious looking food. Farms and get fried chicken. No. No, you got to make the fried chicken. Yeah, man. Bring those store-bought fried chicken. Gross, Finn. It's the lonely team French toast over here. Oh, no. French toast is delicious. No. Absolutely. Yeah. As long as we can all agree pancakes are disgusting. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I could do well without pancakes. I have outgrown pancakes. Oh, for God's sake. I have. I I used to be hardcore pancakes, but now I'm just team waffle. delicious. Can't we all get along? No. Can't we love waffles and French toast and pancakes? And store-bought fried chicken? No, and store-bought fried chicken, right. <laughs> no. no, you you've proven yourself to uh make poor decisions, Vince. So, yeah. no. so no Thank pancakes. You. So there you go. Take your chicken to Diana's house. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Tracy we said hi. I was about to say. <laughs> Oh, never mind. Um, I'll take it. Uh, All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been a whole lot of fun. We will be back in your feed next week with our review of Black Panther. Black Panther. Black Panther. (laughs) And uh, if you don't believe anything that we have said about The Wiz, then we invite you to come down to a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House on Saturday, March 10th, when we will be doing a double bill of screening The Wiz as well as the show that will be on our two shows from now, I guess now, uh, Harlem Nights. Mm. (laughs) So that's going to be a whole, that's going to be a double bill and a half. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. That's going to be crazy. All right. um, As always, you can, Please feel free. Email us at nashowmission at gmail.com with all of your feedback. You can also like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Michelle Mission or Mr. Michelle. And you can follow us now as well as on the Black Troubles podcast. 
Podcast Network. Also on the podglomerate.com. That's where you can check us out. And we're also streaming on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, um, where else we are? Cast FM. They got us everywhere. They doing good things with us. Where can they get that that awesome swag you guys have? Like the the pins I saw. The pins actually are oh. Michelle Mission pins will actually be in on the first week of March. So I'm waiting for them to come in. We got mm-hmm. the I got the uh, they're, they're actually like lapel pins. They look really really sharp. Fancy. Uh, and we do have now. Michelle Mission T-shirts. What? Yes, we do. We have a we have a few that we have on, on hand. Um, we're going to we're revamping our our website, so we're going to put a store up there so people can buy them. Um, so uh, they really look they they look fly, don't they? They're fantastic. They look really nice. They're fantastic, actually. I was actually very happy yeah. of them. Um, how they turned out. Um, all right. Oh, you can also check us out on Saturdays on WPPMLP 106.5 FM, Philly Cam Radio, People Power Media, the Philly and Candid, streaming live on phillycam.org. All right. We got to get out of here. My name is Len. His name is Vince. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. Hit it,